You're listening to Hospital Radio for Torbay. Afternoon from uh, Studio One here at Torbay Hospital Radio. Paul Harding here. Um, I'm joined today, as we are on a Monday, Paul Norrish, uh, the Donations Manager from the Torbay and South Devon Charitable Fund. And today he's talking to Alison and Karen, who are from Rowcroft Hospice here in Torquay. Thanks very much, Paul. Great to be here again. Great to be at Torbay Hospital Radio. And this week, joined by Rowcroft, got two great guests. Um, we're here to talk about um, the donations made to support NHS during the COVID pandemic. They're now reaching local communities across the country. And eight local organisations across Devon are receiving a share of half a million pounds as part of NHS Charities Together Community Partnership Grant Programme. The aim of the grants is to improve health communities adversely affected by COVID-19 and to help alleviate pressure on frontline NHS services whilst it responded and recovers from the pandemic. We're lucky that four community organisations in Torbay and South Devon were successful, so we're extremely chuffed about that. Healthwatch Torbay, who we spoke to last week, Torbay Community Development Trust, Step 1 and Rowcroft. So I'm absolutely delighted to be joined in the studio by Alison Upton. Hi Alison. Hi Paul, thanks ever so much for having us. Thanks very much. And Karen? Karen. Hi Paul. Hi Karen. Um, Alison, coming back to you, could you tell us a bit about your role in Rowcroft and then we'll go on to Karen. Well, Rowcroft Hospice is the only adult hospice in South Devon. We cover a huge area spanning from Dawlish down to Dartmouth and across to the Moors. Um, we help around 3,000 patients and their families every single year. Um, this obviously costs money. Um, it costs over £8 million a year. And my role is to try and raise some of that money from our local communities and um, local companies. Um, and so we're absolutely thrilled to benefit from this grant from LHS Charities Together uh, because it's really enabled us to um, help more patients especially in their own homes um, and what we try and do is make every day the best it can be for patients and this grant has enabled us to do that for more patients. Thanks very much. Uh, you've been at Rowcroft long? Three years. Three years. Karen about yourself um, and the role that you do at Rowcroft. Hi so I've been at Rowcroft for eight years um, and the last two years I've been the hospice at home manager so the service that the hospice at home deliver is we care for patients within their own homes um, and that includes care homes as well as their own properties um, usually within their last two weeks of life so we provide lots of symptom control and emotional support for families as well so um, yeah we're kept quite busy but your you, sorry, your your funding has enabled us to um, to get more staff so that we can reach more patients which has been great so you mentioned there the last two weeks you get involved one of the questions i wanted to ask is at what point does rowcroft hospice become the care provider where where does it get that can be at any point in in, in someone's what we tend to call a journey so anyone that has a life-limiting illness that suddenly develops or doesn't suddenly but develops either complex symptoms or um, emotional problems psychological or social issues then healthcare professionals can refer to Rowcroft to become involved so whilst the uh, hospice at home team are for the last two weeks we have, to have a community um, service that can become involved at any point and that includes nurses occupational therapists physios social workers and then we obviously have the inpatient unit where patients can actually come in and stay with us to try and resolve some issues until the 
get them fixed and we can get them back home again. So this, this bit of funding is helping with the hospice at home service. What exactly is involved in that? So the hospice at home service, we have a team of registered nurses and healthcare assistants and we go out to patients' homes and really adapt what we do depending on what that patient and family need. Um, now that may be that we provide um, a healthcare assistant to stay with them overnight some nights um, to provide that support and enable the family to rest. We may go in and um, check out their symptoms and play around with the medication so that we make sure that people are peaceful and comfortable. It may just be that we sit and talk to people or we can have a healthcare assistant come in for a couple of hours to enable the carer to be able to go and have a cup of tea or coffee or go and have a rest for a little while. Uh, and the service, the hospice at home service, does that just cover Torbay? No. Because Rowcroft is in Torbay. Yeah, although it's in Torbay, we do actually see patients out in Dawlish to Dartmouth, as, as Ali said, Dawlish to Dartmouth and up to the moors. We cover a huge area. So, um, yeah, we're often out on the road using up a lot of petrol at the moment. How, how many patients did you manage to help at home last year? Last year we saw 533 patients. So that's quite a lot. There's a lot of patients. Yeah. Um, you brought a song choice with you, um, and we'll come back to talking about this subject. What have you selected, and was there a reason behind it? I've selected What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong, and I think it, it just... It celebrates the humanity of people, and I think that's what Rowcroft try and do. And um, we actually used this as a soundtrack to um, a film that Rowcroft did some years ago. So it always reminds me of some of the patients that we had in that film. Thank you. Great song. Thanks. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day. Dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They learn much more than I ever knew. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world Yes, I think to myself What a wonderful world
Thanks for rejoining us. Uh, it's Paul Norris from Torbay Hospital Charitable Fund. I'm here in the studio with Alison Opton and Karen Weaver. Great to have them here. They're here from Rowcroft and we're talking about their hospice at home service. We've talked about how many patients they serve. And Karen, just coming to you now, it must take a special person to work in palliative care. I think it's just somebody that cares about people. Um, you just have to be empathetic and caring, I think. Um, it's not the type of nursing or medicine that everybody wants to be involved in, but it is such a rewarding place to work, um, and patients and families are so grateful for everything that you can do. Have you always worked in palliative care yourself, or is it something you...? No, I haven't. It was something I fell into, actually, quite by accident. I was working as a fertility nurse, so working right at the other end of the spectrum. Um, but for lots of reasons decided to change that and I happened to see an advert for a hospice at home service locally to where I was living at the time and thought well I'll give that a go and 16 years later I'm still in palliative care I just enjoyed it so much. Well, every time I meet you you're just so calming to talk to you've just got that <laughs> presence about you. In Devon one of the things I want to know is can everyone spend their last days at home? Yes they can, they can. Um, but it does help if you've planned it a little bit and spoken about what your wishes are to your family or those that are closest to you so that that can be prepared for in a way um, because sometimes it can be quite difficult about arranging care as we know nationally there is a difficulty with um, getting care at home so um, having those people around you that will be able to help you to be at home is always good. And we did touch on that before the programme, talking about those being around you to offer you that support. Um, and I asked, you know, when people are looking after others, do they neglect themselves? And I was thinking about sleeping and eating. Is that the case? It can be. It can be. Because sometimes people are extremely concerned. They're worried that, you know, that their loved one is is dying um, and you don't always want to be able to be eating at that time you don't want to leave their side because you're worried they're going to need you so you don't sleep and that's where the hospice at home service can help out because we can provide someone to be there overnight to sit with them so that their loved ones can get some sleep they can be with them for a couple of hours during the day so that they can go to hospital appointments because that's something else that gets neglected um, particularly research shows that someone that's been caring for someone for a long time and that does quite often happen in palliative care that they put off their own health needs because they're more concerned about their husband or wife or daughter or son um, so having someone that can be in the home that they trust to be able to care for their loved one whilst they go and attend to their own needs is, is really really important as well as the sleeping and eating uh, you've touched on that I imagine bottling up emotions, yeah. putting on that brave face for mm. your loved one um, who, who may not be there for much longer. No. That's incredibly difficult. It is really difficult and not many people do want to show that more vulnerable side uh, at that point in time. They need to keep strong but sometimes it is just having that ear that they can just sit and cry to for five, ten minutes just as a bit of a release but feel safe to do that and know that the person that they're opening up to is totally understanding of, of where they are and, and why they're, they're upset and, and what you know be able to accept what they're saying because you know all kinds of things go through your head. I realise that you're an expert this is a tricky question oh. I, d I don't know how to pitch the question 
but is it important for for people across Torbay and South Devon and wider afield in the UK mm-hmm. that we talk about dying? Absolutely. It's the only thing that we absolutely know is definitely going to happen to all of all of us. We can't put it off. Um, so to enable those around us to be able to cope in a better way, to have some idea of what you want. Do you want to be able to be at home? Would you prefer to be in a care home? Would you prefer to be in hospital? All those things are so important. And and also things like, do you want to have music played around you when you're not so well? Some people like it really quiet, other people like it banging. You know, and but if you don't have those conversations, you don't mm. know. And as I was saying to you earlier, when my stepfather died, my mother had no idea what to do in his funeral because they'd never spoken about it. And that just adds on that extra worry at a time when you really don't need it because you're going through enough. And it's the same when you're caring for someone who's dying. If you don't know what they wanted, you can't help them. How, How do we start those conversations? It could just be, do you know what? I was listening to the radio today and this lady was saying about how important it is to talk about dying and what we want. Um, And it could just be as simple as that. And some people will shut the conversation down. Um, We're British and we don't talk about death. It's not part of our culture. Um, But it does need to be. It really does need to be. And it is just as simple as saying, maybe I've thought about it and this is what I want. What would you like? So people are at different stages. You touched very at the very start of the conversation about losing a loved one. Difficult mm-hmm. process for all of us. Some of that is done over a long time. Yeah. Some of it's very sharp and very quick. What about bereavement? Is is that something you offer your, your patients around the bereavement support for their relatives and Absolutely. families? Absolutely. We run a bereavement service at Rowcroft, and that's for usually for any patients that have died within at our Rowcroft that have been sort of one of our patients um, and the bereavement service will write to the loved ones sort of six weeks after they've died to offer them support not everybody needs it grief is a very natural process and, and obviously you're very upset and you don't know what to do but quite often by six weeks you're kind of getting your head straight a little bit but if you feel that you still need support then we're there to do Thank that you. We also run a listening and support service, which is for patients and families before someone's died. So it's to give that emotional support prior to death, which obviously helps as well. Thank you, Karen. You're doing some incredible stuff. Thank you very much. Ali, I'm going to come to you now. Um, very quick in the conversation, you're a charity, you're fundraising. Fundraising's really important for you. You do an incredible job. What events have you got coming up that the people of Torbay and South Devon should be knowing about? Well, there's so many ways that people can get involved in supporting the charity, and um, we love working with our local community. Uh, we have people that put on all kinds of events for us, like cake sales, or um, some people will jump out of planes for us, or even do a wing walk. Uh, but one event that everyone can take part in if they're over eight years old is our Rowcroft Sleepwalk, uh, which is happening on the 2nd of July. Um, this is a sponsored five or ten mile walk um, in um, Torquay, well, Paynton to Torquay, um, and 
and the theme this year is Saturday night at the movies so we're looking for people to really dress up and have the best night out ever um, and people can look on our website for more details on that um, but you know we really encourage people to use their imagination and to do fundraising activities for us we're also it's our 40th anniversary this year and we're looking for 40 companies to pledge to raise a thousand pounds and join our 40 or 40 corporate club so if your company might like to get together and use their um, imagination a little bit to I think as good fundraising ideas please do get in touch all the details are on our website thank you uh, and your website uh, email address it's or Ro- website address it's rowcroft.org.uk thank you very much and the sleepwalk there's still time to register yes it's not till the 2nd of july so um there's um just over a month to register so please do get involved great finding out about the hospice at home service at Rowcroft today my thanks to karen my thanks to ali thanks for coming in thank, thank you, you so much for having us the Riviera Sound of Hospital Radio for Torbay with the best in music and conversation.